Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Bike Shop Boyfriend with your host Dustin. This is episode 31. Let's do this. So where did I all go? Um, I currently feel like uh, I'm just getting my marbles all back together here, so uh, my thoughts are a little bit scattered, but um, I did take off uh, last week Thursday for a quick five-day trip to Quebec City. Um, I'm normally more familiar with Montreal in and of itself, and um, yeah, so I really wanted to try something new. Um, I have to give huge thank you uh, first off to my host, uh, her name is Catherine. Um, she's a former CBC Radio Canada uh, reporter. Um, now retired, she's currently an actress on a touring show and also um, an all-round sweetheart of a human being. She's one of my favorite people. Um, admittingly, she she's also a very much a girl crush that I have um, in a very romantic non-platonic way but also platonic way she's just an outstanding human being um and being around her for even just uh the two days that i did get a chance to hang out with her with um was just exemplary and absolutely a delight so huge thank you to her also her two roommates uh jackson who is a astounding uh folk busker in the streets of quebec as well as her uh, sous chef roommate, uh, who's actually a real sous chef in a restaurant, um, Mimi. She uh, she was also an absolute delight. Mega snack fiend. It was a super fun night, uh, just chilling out on my last night there, uh, gorging ourselves on pizza and snacks and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that uh, it was a good little getaway before things get a little bit bonkers. I'll talk about more about that. That's what's happening in the bike shop. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give you a bit of a thorough um, heads up as to where did I go? So that's that. So I did have ulterior motives for going to Quebec City. I did have a uh, an interview somewhat lined up um, to discuss possibly sitting in on a team car uh, for the Grand Prix of Quebec City. Um, it's one of the one-day races that we get here uh, for the World Tour for road cycling that I was very much interested in doing. Last minute, the interview sort of fell through there. Um, no detriment there or any fault but in the meantime i did uh do some uh, pedestrian exploring as i'm gonna call it uh overall i feel like i've only discovered about maybe two percent of uh quebec city proper um there's so much going on there it is a beautiful walk to just go around there um the temperatures were a little bit warmer than what i have here in winnipeg at the moment not by much but definitely a significant amount um, once again, I have to give a huge shout out to the amazing people that, uh, myself, I am a, uh, French immersion, uh, certificated, uh, well, my childhood schooling was pretty much all in French and, uh, fun fact at home, it was very difficult to, uh, 
really get it into practice because my mom is not a francophone and uh, wasn't really able to help me. So I really pulled up my own bootstraps and really made the effort to get through school uh, with a French immersion background. So, um, and it's actually stayed with me that I do practice uh, speaking French pretty much every chance I get if, uh, if I had to get a francophone uh, customer in the shop. Um, but I do find that if I don't practice it, it's one of those things that my mouth, uh, or sorry, my tongue gets too big for my mouth and I'm just uh, slurring words and uh, speaking too quickly for what I'm trying to communicate. So with that being said, I am absolutely delighted to say that uh, the folks uh, of Quebec are super, super patient with my efforts of speaking French. I can speak pretty much at this current rate uh, speed. However, that's their native tongue. They can speak it way quicker than I can. Um, I comprehend everything they're saying. It's just that I can't... My my speed tempo for uh, using my mouth to communicate and articulate and sometimes getting uh, hung up on certain phrasing and gesture of uh, sentence structure there. They were super patient with me and actually helped uh, tutor me with certain words that I should obviously know but took for granted and forgot. So... With that being said, everyone in Quebec City, you are all time in my books, uh, very polite, very kind, uh, and very patient with me. Um, Only encountered one situation, uh, the cashier at a Mac uh, convenience store (laughs) was the only time uh, I actually had anyone rude with me. Um, I forgot the word how to say stamps in French, whatever, right? Like, it's my one thing that I got someone pissed off at me about. Um... But I should also give a shout out to my favorite places that I discovered while I was in Quebec City. Um, that would be uh, De Vendu, and that's translated in English uh, to 22. Um, and two really in the sense of the French spelling of it. So uh, it's actually a very cool taco uh, burrito style bar. Um, on one half of the location and then on the other half of the location it's a whole bunch of motorcycle culture uh fashion i would call it um if you're familiar with the deuce uh motorcycle club they actually have a lot of that particular style of clothing and apparel um but the overall vibe is just very very raucous and noisy uh i am gonna publish it uh, I do have some raw audio of my time in that particular shop. I'm going to publish it here on anchor.fm. Have a listen. Uh, it's hard to sort of gauge uh, how great that place overall smells. It smells like um, incense as well as like fried onions and like tacos at the same time. It's a very unique scent, to be honest. But uh, it was one of my favorite places to go. Um, Another place was uh, Toreya uh, Ramen House, and I've never lined up for a place before. It was super, super small, very limited seating, um, but definitely worth the wait. I think I waited like 15 minutes to get a spot uh, inside the restaurant. Being by yourself, by the way, is one of the best things. uh, You kind of get a little bit of a preferential treatment because if you're by yourself, you're not taking up much space, boom, you can sit right at the bar. but I will say that the uh, chef staff actually, not that this should be a thing, but I just noticed it was to me, um, that for a ramen house, that the two chefs uh, that were really uh, hustling on the line and 
putting out all the dishes and uh, doing the um, uh, the pass and all that were two women chefs that had I don't know if they were sisters but they had a tremendous elegant shorthand amongst them um, and they had I want to say a I think he was actually the the sous chef but there was two head chefs and one sous chef and the guy himself was uh, doing most of the work um, in terms of the plating passing it to the chef the chef would sign off on it kind of thing do the final garnishing and pass it over to the bar and the serving staff um, awesome awesome vibes it really made me feel like I was in a ramen house um, however it was just in French which was very cool um, Highly recommend checking it out. It's in uh, Old uh, Quebec, and I want to say it's on uh, Avenue or Rue, uh, which is street in French, um, Saint-Jean, which is Saint-Jean, um, or Saint-Jean, if that actually helps you uh, figure out how to say it. Um, awesome, awesome place. Tremendous food, great value, etc. I'm a huge noodle fiend when I'm eating Um I try and go out for noodles maybe once every two weeks minimum. Um, so that's my jam. And then also, too, I got to talk about coffee. The coffee culture there, they do have third-way coffee houses, which is a good thing. Um, however, I will say that no one is really – no one really took the care to um, – I almost want to say, like, take pride in the craft of steaming milk – um, having been a barista myself, there's a certain uh, pitch that you do listen for for when you're frothing milk. And I will say that every place that I did go to that Catherine took me to um, and that I even went to on my own, they all scalded the milk, uh, not to the point where it was uh, undrinkable or buttery because that's what happens to scalded milk. Um, it was to the point where it was just too hot to drink uh, immediately, especially when it comes to certain uh drinks like a cortado which is very much you can drink it at you should be able to drink it right at the bar as soon as you are presented with the drink um and the milk itself the foam uh was very loose uh meaning that the bubbles were too big um that's just me absolutely ripping apart uh what was otherwise a great coffee uh pick me up that i didn't have in the accommodations i was staying in um but stepping out for coffee like that and having uh, that third wave coffee house experience with coffees that I do sometimes uh, frequent here in Winnipeg made me feel like a little bit of home and made me feel very welcome. Uh, and that sense of familiarity is also very much uh, welcome and delighted when you're traveling. So heads up, check out Nectar Coffee. Um, they got two locations and both of them I've went to with both. Tremendous, great service, great staff, um, and it does make it feel like you're in a Parisian, French, uh, third-wave coffee house, but uh, heads up, you're in Canada still. Um, and last up, I did check out uh, two bike shops, actually. Uh, I forget the second one, but the first one that I did check out was uh, Demer Bike Shop, and it, it was on Troisième uh, Avenue. Uh, for those playing at home, Troisième just means third uh third avenue and it was a very premium uh bike store in fact it reminded me very much of uh the one that i do work at however the space that it has uh was very limited so um 
it was just very cool to i it's one of these weird things that i do enjoy checking out bike shops uh, in other cities um wasn't terribly well ventilated because you can really smell the tire and the rubber uh scent that bike shops often do get so it was just one of those things that uh it really hit me when it when you walk in there but i did really like the aesthetic the layout um very user-friendly uh quebec i would have to say is more of a mountain bike city um they have lots and lots and lots of trails in and around the uh surrounding areas and parks of quebec city um so it's no surprise that dual suspensions cross-country bikes um enduro a little bit of downhill uh, i didn't see many 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 bikes but they did have uh, a few on display um and then their second floor was actually all road bikes and adventuring cyclocross bikes so it's a two-tiered uh structure to their place there and uh yeah it was just very interesting to see how another shop does it um and yeah, I really enjoyed the staff uh, just chit-chatting with them for a little bit and uh, momentarily being back in my element, but the language changed. So it's sort of like when you watch Netflix and you can change the language to the movie you're watching. Change it to French, watch something familiar, and it'll kind of blow your mind, actually, how much you still understand. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much what I all got up to. And I have to thank, again, everyone in Quebec City for making me feel so welcome. Uh, serving staff, coffee baristas, uh, bike shop staff, uh, restaurant staff, um, even people on the street, they actually say good afternoon to you. It's kind of a really nice thing. Uh, not used to it and didn't take it for granted. So thank you. So one of the other things that I noticed uh, being a pedestrian in Quebec City is uh, there, there's a weird form of expected jaywalking going on when crossing a street. It's kind of unique, actually, I found. Um, and cars are pretty good about expecting you to just walk out into the street. Um, and st they stop for you. It's And they even kind of wave you through, like, go on. Um, so that was a, a very unique experience. But the one thing I did notice that was very, very... Uh, interesting uh and i'm putting this in air quotes you can't see this but i'm doing air quotes um quebec city actually has a lot of shops selling uh, a lot of bikes at different price points which is really really great to see um they're trying to make it affordable for people to get into cycling infrastructure or, or just cycling as an activity uh whether you're commuting or you actually treat it like a sport um there's every there's something for everyone in between um that it, it was just very interesting to see when I did see a cyclist um, and there was quite a few actually for this time of year uh, the transition between March and April a lot of people were on shit bikes um, a lot of clunkers and a lot of um, you can hear the chains being really needing or replacing uh, they're super seized up or rusty um, wheels you can see from a distance being very wobbly and out of true because they took quite a few hits and bumps I would say um, maybe they got sideswiped by snow clearing what have you um, and uh, yeah no it was just very interesting that people were riding maybe this is like winter clunker season and people are cool with riding on that um, and maybe I was just witnessing all the winter clunkers sort of getting their last oorah before summertime but having talked to Katanin, she sort of did mention that um, 
a lot of people just don't invest in bikes. However, they do expect a cycling infrastructure to uh, to exist in Quebec. Um, just as another means of getting around, which I thought was really cool. And another thing to mention about, excuse me, the, um, ooh, excuse me again, um, the cycling infrastructure in Quebec City is, it actually has a calendar. Uh, it's posted actually on some of the cycling streets um, that it's closed for winter and that it officially opens in May and I think it closes in October. Um, maybe November. I didn't see when it closed really officially. I just noticed that it, they open in May. Um, and some of them were already open and a lot of the cars were obeying already uh, and very accommodating for cyclists already being on the road. It was very refreshing to see that um, as a community culture taking place there. So I just thought I'd share that with you. Um, yeah, I think that's going to sort of wipe, uh, sort of wrap up this particular segment of Bike Shop Boyfriend episode 31. That was my trip to Quebec. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it. If I missed something that uh, I should have seen, give me a heads up. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. So uh, a couple days ago, um, I'm... I was totally still connected to the internet and I was answering emails and reading them at least, uh, tweets and all that fun stuff too. Um, noticed that on April 1st and I would probably recommend the bike industry not do this uh, if you are actually announcing any kind of projects or product. Um, April 1st is April Fool's Day. Do not release new product announcements on that particular day if it, you're not thinking it's going to be a joke. Um, one such case was, uh, the new 105, uh, Shimano 105 should be mentioning announcement group set. Um, they sort of redesigned it to look more and more like the Altegra Endurace group sets. Uh, so with that particular four, uh, four finger, I nickname it, uh, spline as well as a little bit beefier crank. Um, but also the big announcement was that they are uh, making it rim as well as uh, disc brake compatible. So um, just thinking aloud here, it's one of those things that I was very excited for, to be honest. Um, I am a huge fan of the 105 groove set. Um, as a rider who has used it in the past, um, I do use Altegra, full disclosure. Um, but... I actually am a huge fan of 105 for a lot of reasons. One is the price point, two, it's the performance, and three, again, is the price point. Um, it is very inexpensive in comparison to the other group sets. It's still pricey, don't get me wrong. But it's good to see that it is offered and it does receive a lot of the performance cues of the top tier stuff. Um, still kind of waiting for it to, or technology, to catch up with the price point so that way it could be offered as an electronic system to some degree um, but the fact that it's going to be a fully mechanical uh, hydraulic as well as rim brake uh, offering group set that's very exciting i think um, and it doesn't look any for it doesn't look any different than the existing hoods uh, of what shimano is putting out they did shimano previously have like this other 105 shifter thing that let's just say aesthetically it 
left something to be desired. Um, the lever looked a little weird. The hood itself looked a little bit uh, non-refined, I will have to say. Even though it's hyper-functional, like, don't get me wrong, it shifts great and it uh, breaks like nothing. Um, yeah, it was just one of those things that they didn't quite hit it out of the park. And so it's good to see them uh, actually redesign it and uh, come at it with a new perspective. So another thing that came out uh, on April 1st-ish was uh, the new Shimano Altegra RX is what it's being called. Um, it's a clutch-based, uh, sorry, it's a clutch-derived uh, rear derailleur, in fact, uh, that is mimicking what Shimano has done on their mountain bike rear derailleurs. There's a, an actual uh, clutch mechanism to... Uh, increase the tension of the derailleur arm so that there's no longer any uh, chain slap or uh, chain hop that would actually occur in um, the derailleur arm. I'm thinking here's how to best explain it. In the derailleur arm to uh, not have the chain jump up or slap the bike. Um, what this means is it's really more geared to, I would say, one, cyclocross racers, Two, it's also going to be really geared to riders uh, on road that would prefer more of a uh, uh, higher chain tension, I'll call it. And also, it's going to be, thirdly, great for the adventure gravel rider. Um, it's being offered in a DI2 as well as a mechanical version. Um, I don't have any leads on any of it yet. It's brand spanking new. I'm going to probably find out sometime this week when it will be available. I'll hopefully have a follow-up for you then. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that uh, it's going to be uh, very interesting how that affects maybe the other forms of the group sets that are going to be coming out from Shimano. Um, and it's very much an answer to what SRAM has been doing for a few years already with their CX-1 systems. Um, and also the uh, very much rumored uh, complete wireless DI2 uh, from Shimano. It is very much rumored. I haven't seen anything yet. I haven't heard anything yet, to be honest, uh, from Shimano. Um, but it is going to be... What is being rumored is that it's a self-contained system. Um, when will we see it is a question that I did receive. Um, it actually does look like pro teams. Uh, if you're going to be seeing it, do sort of follow the Instagram accounts of maybe the mechanics or the teams themselves of uh, world tour teams like Trek, uh, Sega Fredo, uh, Team Sky, as well as Team uh, Groupama. Uh, Francais des Jeux, um, FDJ, for those who might be wondering who, what I just said. Um, those are probably your best insights into seeing it before it's being released. It'll be in a prototype version for sure. Um, so there might be some decoy wires or uh, connecting harnesses, this and that. Also, too, uh, sort of maybe pay attention to the technology that riders, uh, cyclocross riders, uh, Santa Kant and Matthew Vanderpool will be using. Um, as I kind of predict, if anyone's going to be using uh, a self-contained wireless Shimano 
system di2 it's gonna be particularly those two athletes mostly for the fact that one they're on the same team two um they're also top tier athletes and three they could really use it for their cyclocross riding so um with that being said, do take a look at uh, all those sort of insights if you are trying to find prototype images of the of the tech coming out. So uh, there'll probably be something announced in the next little bit or leaked, quote unquote. Um, most of the leaks actually do come from folks in the bike industry, uh, usually on the retailer side, sadly. But it's also leaked from the company itself just to gauge opinion and uh, market awareness i would call it um my overall hot guess as to when that would actually be coming out it's gonna be for sure debuting officially unveiled uh probably in may 2020 um with probably a retail um probably available in retail form in july to the fall of 2020 that same year so um just something to keep in mind as to uh that's what my hot guess is. I don't know anything. Uh, that's full disclaimer. These are actually just educated guesses as to how this stuff gets rolled out. Um, yeah, they're probably going to prototype it for probably you might see something this year. You'll for sure see something next year, and then you'll see an unveiling in 2020. So um, could be even sooner than that. Who knows? But I do foresee uh, just because they released previous group sets like the Altegra one as well as this new 105 if they were to oh and Durace got released uh officially last year uh or became available officially last year um to supplant that uh market with a brand spanking new uh electronic shifting standard would be very much to the detriment of uh, Shimano's brand so they do need a little bit of a window for getting folks into the market with the new system. Uh, I would probably recommend, and I've sort of recommended this for uh, to a few folks, is if you are going to go electronic, do wait for it to be uh, a self-contained unit, very similar to the SRAM ETAP uh, formula ethos. It just looks cleaner. Uh, it works great, and uh, you don't need as much wiring being threaded through the bike. So just a heads up. Um, that's going to be it for my uh, Nostradamusing of the industry. But also, just a follow-up, bike brands, if you're going to announce something, don't do it April 1st. Uh, we love you for the fact that you want to announce something, but just wait until maybe like Paris-Roubaix or something like that, which takes place the next week after. Um, we won't read it as like an April Fool's joke. Um, we won't be second guessing the entire time. Uh, in fact, we'll be probably rooting louder for you if you did do that. So just an FYI. So I thought I'd fill in this particular segment of what's up at the shop um, this week. And actually, I should even be calling it this month. It's going to be the beginning of the AKA crazy season that we like to term it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. We've uh, put away the cross-country skis for the riding season. It frees up a whole lot of space, space on our floor. Uh, my... My pardon's there for misspeaking. Um, and we've also dismantled our smart trainer display and we are reconfiguring it to make it a 
uh, women's apparel section there so that way um, ladies have their own section um, just makes it ease of use and less friction I would call it uh, for enjoying that particular uh, display offering that we're putting up also Katie my Catherine my Katie White um, she is now on mat leave I think by the time of publishing this particular podcast so if you're listening I miss you already I just want you to know that so there's that um but she's on mat leave and she's preparing for a new baby aka the baby mo um but her lovely husband is going to be joining us back in the shop he'll be uh with us for uh the next little while camo you already heard about him so he's going to be hopefully here on the podcast again soon maybe talking about the trials and tribulations of two kids now and uh, also that bike life um as well and then as mentioned things are already picking up in terms of being in the bike shop um foot traffic has increased servicing of bikes we're noticing folks calling in uh bringing them in to get serviced and as well as bikes are being sold a little bit more frequently now so it's uh beginning to pick up it's really really nice we've got a lot of new hires and new faces getting them all involved and ready for it uh we've been warning them throughout uh it's gonna get crazy it's gonna get crazy um now we're just gonna make good on that threat uh so it's uh hopefully not gonna be too much for them uh i think they're gonna be pretty good this year uh but yeah that's all sort of what's going on at the bike shop at the moment um on that same note uh, i just want to give a quick shout out to my man Colin, uh and Sogon for finishing uh they just published it today on instagram that they are finishing their far ride magazine uh trans trans canadian uh sojourn um yes they did go in winter time uh yes they did go on full-on race bikes the 3t strata bikes that i did mention previously and uh a little bit of a spoiler forthcoming episode um Caleb, who did the ride is going to be joining me here on the bike shop boyfriend podcast to uh, we're going to record a uh, conversation and hopefully uh, get some insights as to and some stories maybe out of them uh as to what all happened on that particular ride um very sweet of him to acknowledge uh my little bit of help that i did for getting his cleat all set up there um really wish i had more time to actually give him a proper bike fit I don't know if he's keeping the bike that he rode. Uh, I hope he kind of does because it's a sweet bike, by the way. Um, but if he does keep that bike, I'm 100% recommending that he gets uh, a bike fit done. It's only going to help him for the future there. Um, but yeah, just want to give a shout out to my boys uh, from Far Ride Magazine. Awesome trip. Tremendous photos. Can't wait to read that particular issue in addition. Um, I'm actually... Uh, going to avoid paying a particular bill just so i can uh purchase online a copy of the magazine um but yeah it's just one of those things that uh very cool to actually meet people uh who are you normally meet through social media meeting them physically in the flesh um getting to know them just a little bit and being a kind host etc it just that's what i feel it's all about really um making those connections so uh, I'm going to end this particular segment right here and now about that. But um, once again, check out hashtag far ride trans can. 
to see most of those images that I'm referring to and also insights into their adventures. So while away on my trip, uh, the gravel project uh, that I'm doing with my mates, uh, the hammer, the machine, and the essential, and myself, um, aka the godfather, the uh, the gravel project is getting everyone very much excited. It's in full swing. Many discussions are happening on our group chat uh, that we have, and it lit up my phone like crazy um, in between airport, uh, in between flights, and in between uh, sightseeing and all that fun stuff trying to take a photo and then all of a sudden like four different texts come up and uh instead of hitting the shutter on your phone uh you end up hitting the notification box and all of a sudden it opens it up and it like shuts down the camera and then all of a sudden you're reading like a text and there goes the opportunity for a shot so i gotta thank the guys for ruining a couple shots uh jokingly of course um but yeah it, it was just there's a lot of discussion and excitement happening uh But I won't bore you with details on that particular thing. I just want to mention thanks, guys, for lightening up my phone. It was was appreciated. Uh, It made me feel welcome. They did meet up without me, and they did have a chair uh, vacant in my honor. And in response, I sent them a ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi to say that I'll be there always. So I can't get away from being a nerd. Another thing just related to the uh, gravel section segment here is uh, Ghost of Gravel in Alberta, just outside of Cochrane, Alberta there. Um, It's looking like pretty, it's looking very favorable and very good that I'll be adding it to uh, my possible ride program. Um, Special guest will be uh, Phil Guyman, who is a retired uh, bike racer. He's going to be participating in this particular event. And I, for one, am actually very excited because, one, I know of some of the riders that are going to be there. Uh, They represent uh, particular cycling brands. And also, it's going to just be cool to be involved in a particular event that one of my favorite uh, vloggers, YouTube stars, um, he'll be participating in it. And he's also a very good author, too. You should be... I don't want to undersell him. He's actually a very good uh, writer, and he's very funny with his writing. Um... But I'm actually viewing pretty much all of these uh, invites to doing other riding events as uh, just really gaining experience and data of how to organize an event for uh, a possible one happening here in Manitoba. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a lot of data collection as well as fun having uh, in the meantime. So that's going to be uh, what's all going on. I'm actually very curious about this Ghost of Gravel event. Uh, chatting over with my man Dean from Giant Bicycle Canada, uh, he said that he's ridden it on a Giant Defy with uh, 30 mil- or 30C tires. Um, so it's a big, chunky tire for a road. Um, but he rode on gravel with it, and he said he didn't have much tread to begin with. So it's very non scary gravel i would have to call it so it's not going to be boulder or chunky like um so yeah it should be worth uh, possibly making a trip out there stay tuned all right i think i'm gonna wrap up uh 
this particular episode of Bike Shop Boyfriend um, with this particular outro, as they call it in the game, you know, the podcast game. Um, Yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you got any questions, comments, concerns about my well-being, I don't know, um, do let me know. Uh, You can let me know on Twitter uh, or on Instagram, direct messaging or regular comments messaging um my handle is at dustin d-u-s-t-i-n w-h-t again that's dustin w-h-t no underscores or anything silly like that you can totally reach out to me there um also you can comment here on the anchor.fm app um i do read them and i will include uh comments in the podcast if you do want to record a voice recording for me Uh, of your comments or if you want to write something down i will implement it uh, into the podcast i love interacting with you guys Um, again thank you for those who are listening on all the distribution platforms that anchor.fm is doing Um, itunes on spotify on uh, google play on pocket cast on overcast on overwatch wait that's something else um on world of warcraft no wait we're just getting into gaming here um but I digress. It. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, it means a world to me that you guys are actually engaging with this content that I'm putting out. And it just means the world to me. If you can, leave me a rating on those particular uh, platforms. I want to know how I'm doing, how I can do better for you. Um, if there's something that you want to uh, have me address here on the podcast. Or if you have any questions about what goes on in a bike shop. Uh, in terms of suggestions possibly for recording for an episode uh, of the Bike Chef Boyfriend podcast. I'm your man. I'm all ears. I want to hear from you. Again, thank you so much for listening. Hope you're doing well. You'll hear from me soon. Bye. (laughs) 